Shalom Aleichem and welcome back, Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brat. We've already done two episodes on Rav Chaim Kanievsky's Sfarim. Baruch Hashem, the feedback's been tremendous, and that's why we're doing some more. I'm not here to waste people's times. Um, today, we would like to focus on the Sefer Nachal Eson, which was written about the Sugev Egla Arufa. So before we begin, as certain people have the minigas to read emails, so one email that we got is from somebody in Eretz Yisrael who writes the following. Just finished your second video on the Svarim of Reb Chaim. Amazing. You are fun to watch and listen to. Anyone ever say you're fun, Reb Eliezer? Thank you. He mentions that, he also says, keep up the great work. And he says, if your wife ever wonders what you do all day, just send her to me. So, okay. If your wife ever wonders, we have someone who to send her to, to make sure that you're... Uh, Behaving. Okay, so Rebeliaza, how are you today? What do you want to start off with? Baruch Hashem. Well, so, Mitz let's start off right now with the Nachal Ison of Rebchaim Kanievsky. Um, so, as everyone, by now, it's, it comes up in most conversations about Rebchaim Kanievsky, he wrote a Sefer at some point about Egla Arufa. And some people are Mayrich about it for a minute, others a little more. And bottom line is that it, they do say that it's an incredible safer, and there's no question that it is one incredible safer. Okay, now there's uh, so I, today we'd like to speak a little bit about this safer, some points about it. One could technically speak about the safer forever, as we'll see, because Rebbe Kanievsky just goes on and on and on about Egla Rufa like nobody's business. Now, but first, before anything, there's a the, re, earlier this year. A volume, which I hope to discuss a little bit more later on, between a, a series of correspondences that went over many years between Rabdoiv Landau of B'nai Brak and his and Rukhan Kanievsky. They were very close. They, and they also had letters in learning, and they were printed. And one of the letters, after the, the Nachal Eason comes out, Rabdoiv Landau, one of the great Gdoilim alive today, writes to him, it's a, it, the safer is a safer on Nifla, um, Kitzer, he goes, um, I learned a lot of it, and I have some Ha'aris, and he goes on, and now Dov Landau also writes in general very Bekitzer, similar, similar to Rechaim Knievsky, legendary writing Bekitzer, but in these letters, it's a 33-page letter with Ha'aris and Ha'aris and Ha'aris. He says, these are only some of the Ha'aris I have on the Sefer, and then Rechaim Knievsky answers him, at least some of the Ha'aris, and they're printed also over here. So we have already, at the time, in, 19, in the 1970s, when the Sefer actually comes out, a friend of his writing that it's an incredible, incredible Sefer. Now it's, it, the Sefer has been printed in, in a, a bunch of editions, which usually means that um, usually means that people have bought it. Um, if people learn it or not, I have no idea. But everyone, it's, a, it's a Sefer that everyone always heard of, that there's a, a massive Sefer on the Sugya of El Egla Rufa from Rechaim Kanievsky. Okay. Now, when one, the Shaila is, when did Rechaim Kanievsky write this Sefer? So, I mentioned already earlier that a lot of times Rechaim Kanievsky gives us dates um, when he does things, and he even in his Hagdamas to his farm, and sometimes at the conclusion of the Sefer will say something. Uh, and he also, a lot of times, gives us insight in why he writes a particular safer, um, which is very useful because we don't have to guess. He says it straight out. Now, so in this safer, Nachalaisan, when we look at it, so first of all, he says again, Bialdusi, he decided to 
be mavar the sugya of Eglar Rufa as much as possible. He realized there's not so much literature on the sugya. And he decided he's going to go through this topic. And, he's, and he lists out a few reasons, which we'll discuss in a moment. He, he says that when I, the first edition that I wrote on this, that I did not publish, um, was in Tough Shin Tests. Okay? It's pretty far back. Tough Shin Tests um, brings us to his early 20s when he's writing the Sefer. Okay. Now, that time... The Chazanish is alive and well, and he shows it to the Chazanish. And he spoke to him a lot about many of the issues in the Sefer. Not only that, throughout the Sefer, he brings tons of material from the Chazanish, but not, I'm not talking about material that the Chazanish's writings, conversations he had with the Chazanish about topics relating to Sefer. Then he says, I went, went through it again. Um, um, and then he goes through it a third time, it seems, and eventually he prints it in the 70s, I believe it was. His father also went through the Sefer very carefully. His father, Lod Ha'aris, also was published. It's printed at least six, seven editions. I'm, I'm not sure, but in many of the editions, he adds a few different Ha'aris, material people sent in um, about the actual Sefer. And, and um, his father also seemed to have been very, very um, impressed with the Sefer. Okay, now, last time um, I've mentioned that um, he was... he that some of the people that had a tremendous influence on him was the Chazanish and was his father. And you see here, here we see um, not in the, that their materials are included in here and conversations with them are in here. And he stresses this already in the Sefer, like right away in Agdama says, V'gam Now, Yaldusi, I don't know the exact age when Yaldusi means when he decided to do this, because even when when you when you have the date, Tafshin tests that he's... Um, that he did the Iker Ksiva, this is a, a, a crazy, crazy amount of literature that he went through in order to produce this work, as I will discuss shortly. So he obviously started this earlier, and say in his teens he started. Now, it seems at some point in this Sefer, there's discussion about brachas. In brachas, there's all types of, conver- um, um, there's all types of conversations in brachas and rishayinim, which, um, which brachas, um, what brachas do you make, and when do you make brachas, um, certain mitzvahs if you do, if you don't. And also, a nusuchah bracha also comes up a lot. When do you make, um, let's say, um, you'll say, you just say the mitzvah, or other times you say you add in the word shell, um, let's say by Hanukkah, Lahadik Ner Shel Hanukkah, or is it Lahadik Ner Hanukkah, and this plays out in many, many mitzvahs. Okay. So this is a known this is a known um, conversation in halacha, which a lot have a lot has been written about. Somehow in this sefer, Chaim Kanievsky has a kuntris. It was its own. It seems it was its own kuntris that originally was going to be put elsewhere, published elsewhere. This kuntris is um, it spans over, I would say about fifteen jam packed pages of Marmakaimis on this sugya, where he breaks down approximately ten shitas rishayin, ten main Shittas Rishayinim, and then he handles in all the different mitzvahs with them. This is there's hundreds of marmakaimis over here. One could get complete chalisha sadas when one reads this. This was done without a computer, um, way before computers that were in the before Barry Lamb programs. It's Chachma, Hebrew books, Google books. This is way before this. The fact that someone was able to open up this amount of svarim is mind-boggling. But it's not so much that he collected information. He puts it in. This shito is this. He sets it up very, very clearly. It seems he was going to write a safe on Shiluah Hakain, or Shiluah Hakan, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. And he 
was going to put it there. In the end, I guess he decided to take that Kuntras here. Now, what age did he write that Kuntras? So it seems that he wrote this Kuntras at the age, he started writing this Kuntras, or he finished writing this Kuntras at the age of 14, which is um, rather remarkable. Um, at least according to this book, I've been quoting a few times already, Hasvarim, Anur Kanyaski Svarim. And it's, it's, it's unbelievably remarkable. If someone wants to get a glimpse of his Mikias and also Eun at the same time, because of the so many things, he just throws in parentheses, not with footnotes. Later on, he developed a more clear way how to do this, creating some a form of a Shari Tzion. But I guess in the Nachalism, he decided not to do it. So it's more confusing, but there's tons of information in each in, in these parentheses, um, um, small points going off on small little tangents. And this is written at a very young age. I'm sure that over the years he updated it until he printed it in the late 70s, but still it, it's it's beyond remarkable. And one doesn't have to learn the complicated sugis of Egla Arufa. You could just have a glimpse of uh, more easier topics over here in this Chibur. This Chibur, this topic has been written about, as I mentioned already, in the Times Yerushayim. The Abedraham has pages on it. In the recent edition of the Abedraham from Rebellion Greenswag, there's tons of material in it on this topic, and Rebuva Margolis in an interesting small sefer called Makara Bracha. He also wrote about it. Akopanim, we see Rukhain Kanievsky in a side topic that he put into this sefer already um, in, in full glory at a young age. Now, but why does he write the sefer? Why does he pick Egla Rufa? What was it that, that sparked his interest in Egla Rufa? So I said we, we just turned to the Hagdama, and, and, and Rukhain Kanievsky spells it all out for us. The first thing that Rukhain Kanievsky says, he says that uh, he brings a um, he says is that there's a Sefer Hasidim that um, he first he brings a Gemara and Saita, which is also relevant, but first he brings a Sefer Hasidim as his reason. And this Sefer Hasidim we have spoken about actually in a, in a, in a, uh, recently, this earlier this year, by le- learning Masechtas Ma'ed Katam. Basically, the Sefer Hasidim talks about that there's certain Masechtas or Inyanin that become sort of like a Mace Mitzvah, and it's a great schus if someone goes ahead and learns them. And we discussed at great length of what um, ha- different aspects of this Sefer Hasidim, but Rukhain Kanievsky brings this Sefer Hasidim and Egla Rufa, as I'm gonna um, I'm gonna list out shortly, is one of these areas that what there's not so much uh, spoken about. Um, actually you could say right now, or I don't have to I don't have to wait. Basically, Egla Rufa, so to begin, Egla Rufa becomes in um, we find it is a few psukim at the end of Parsha Shaiftim. Basically, we find a dead body in a field. So what happens with it? And there's no, we don't know who is the person who killed, who, who's killed over here. And there's all different details in, in literally nine psukim about, an un, um, I guess, in English translated, the unsolved murder. And then the Zakanim have to come down and they measure from the body and they figure out all different details. Now, there's a sugya in Saita, two blad approximately, maybe two and a half blad about it. There's not even Taisis over there. It's just Rashi pretty much. And from there, um, um, Rukhaim Kanievsky goes ahead and he and he writes a Sefer Nachalison. Now, how many pages is a Nachalison? So you'll say, Achleis, 10 pages, 20 pages. No, we're talking about, without, without getting into the additions, over 312 pages. Without all the editions, and these pages are jam packed. More recently, the later editions are smaller, but the original edition was a big, tall volume packed with material. So, how's it structured? What did he write it around? Is it on the Rambam? Oh, so, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to how he 
so right now, let's good good point. Let's discuss quickly what he did. Is he basically he created a, a top part of halacha, which he calls the halacha of Rufa. I'm going to elaborate more what he how he breaks it down shortly. And then on the bottom, he he has a running commentary to be mafarish all the halachas that he has on top. He calls them svasa um, nachal and nachal noivea. These are okay. Now one could see as you look on top over here is this is the words, and then over here and all this is is pages and pages of material. And I'm going to give some samples of things um, shortly. Now. But what's significant is, is he took something. Uh, uh, there's a sugi and shas. It's not like there was no sugi and shas. But if one learns the sugi of Egel Arufa, we'll find, yes, yeah, so today there are some achreinim on saita. It's not, it's not a mesech to learn so much in yeshiva shemesechtas, but Yoimi learns it, and there, there was farm written about it before, very nice farm on, 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 on the mesechta itself. And there are discussions in the achreinim. Um, and I'm going to show shortly what it is that Rokhain Knievsky was doing and what was... Um, a little bit more to try to give a theory of what was behind what he was doing about this. Anyway, but the first, so the first Nakuda that Chaim Kanievsky mentions, and his reason is he shells, is, is, is he's pointing to this Sefer Hasidim, which we already were about before, so um, I have Rachmanis and we don't have to hazard it over. Now, the second point, which is a theme that Chaim Kanievsky mentions time and time again in various form of his, is a Chafetz Chaim in, his, in a small Sefer called Maimer Taira Arb, which I also spoke about in a different time about learning Kachim in general, um, by Yuma, by Dafyam was learning Yuma, that Chavetz Chaim was, was famous for making a mapecha to try to get the Eilam, he was a Kayin and various other things, to get the Eilam to learn Kachim. And in this Chibur, um, which was a, um, this small small little work, they found the Kalkis Chavetz Chaim, um, he discusses the great Chosim of learning um, um, Kachim. And one of the aspects that he brings up is, is that when one, that there's certain mitzvahs that now we don't have a base on English, we're not able to be Mekayim these mitzvahs. So there, there's a special Indian to learn these mitzvahs because through learning these mitzvahs, it's Ki'ilu Yimekayim them. Chafetz Chaim brings this down from various Mekayrs. Reb Chaim Kanievsky was very into this, and this is a theme which is found in a few other Svarm of his. He brings this Chafetz Chaim piece for why he's going into said Naisim. Um, perhaps we'll get to some of them eventually, um, maybe even today. But in his Sefer Archus Yaisher, which is mostly a Musr Sefer, which also needs its own discussion, but he has a chapter called Simcha Shel Mitzvah, and here too, in the chapter, he brings down the the, the material about this with the Chafetz Chaim again, showing that it is early sources, and he and he also adds in a, 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 a different prat over here, which is that there's a, there was a big Indian in general. There's certain mitzvahs that don't come; they don't come too easily. So he shows a face with the gra, his father, other people that there were certain mitzvahs that if they come your way, one should go out of the way, one should make sure, so to speak, to try to do them. Um, one of them was he says his father was. Um, was he was able to be kind racious again? Pidyon petachamar. There's there's a few videos on the internet of different gedolim doing it. There was even a safer on Pidyon petachamar. These unique mitzvahs, and when it comes that we're able to do it, to run and do it. So he's he um, so he's using this after he brings. He says um, um, the Chazanish has such a point that one shakol mitzvah chayiv kolim al kolpanim pam achas bechayiv lekaimoy. There's such a concept. There's many other sources for such a thing, but he also was into this. Nakuda, and in, interestingly enough, in, in, in his Sefer Asvarim, he has lists 
of they printed some of them in Xaviad of his some mitzvahs that he had, like Mamisha, um, um, like a small page where he had what to do for for these um, for these mitzvahs, um, which was very which was very interesting, you know, that he didn't just like so he he was learning everything, trying to keep in mind when it will come up. Um, Matnus Kuna, Reish Sagez, Petr Hamar, like a small handbook for himself. I don't know if he ever planned on printing it of Pashat ha- how to do it. Halachalamais, and that, um, which Tiklach Taira, maybe it seems some of these mitzvahs he actually he was going to write about them also, small Chidurim, but he never was, he wasn't able to, um, for various reasons, uh, I guess, lack of time or whatever. But this Yisoyed that, that I'm saying from the Chafetz Chaim, which he brings over here for this Sefer, was also, since Egla Rufa is something that. Um, it's not common to be able to time, especially today, for sure not. So that also was another push for him to write about this mitzvah. And as I said, he, it's, it seems to be a theme of him of his in other svarim also. Now, there's another nakuda, which is uh, also a nakuda of his in general. And this nakuda is that kol is um has relation with each other. He likes to use the uh, beautiful Yerushalmi, Taira, Aniyim B'makamecha, Vashim B'makamecha, which is a key, key point um, that one, um, which one sees it in, by him, especially how all of Taira could end up relating and becoming a, a, a piece of information. One thing that does, seems to not have anything to do with it um, could play out in a completely different sugya. Um, here too, again, there's a famous uh, Nefesh Achayim, uh, uh, sorry, Rukhaim Velazhner in his Ruach Chaim, there's a famous piece where he talks about and he says, um, specifically says, when one's learning that somehow from the learning of the Sugya, you could come up with a way how to be Matar Aguna. So now, when one learns this piece of the, this Velazhner, um, you could think, and, and maybe that it means is that, yeah, you, you, you might take it to mean, you know, that you get the um, understanding of learning and your mind gets sharper and stuff like that. And, and, and that's the justification sometimes people say to learn different things, but it's not true at all. It seems is, and someone asked Rukhain Kineski specifically, what's shot in this piece of Rukhain Velazhner? He told to a Gemara and Baba Basra that specifically a case from there, it will come out that you it would be Mamish, Rukhain Kineski's Mamish Meduyak, and Aguna Shaila could be learned from some a piece of a sugya in Masech the Sukkah. Take again here, we have Rukhain Kineski's Bakiyas um, answering it up. But the point is that Rukhain Kineski uses this Yushalmi in various form of his, that all of Tyra plays out for each for everything. So it's not and, and as I'm and I hope to elaborate about this shortly, is it's not it's just it's not just about okay, there's Agla Rufa, there's a Sugya and Saita, and that's it, and that's all he's gonna talk about. It's three hundred pages. The Gemara there's as I as I said already, there's not even Tysis over there. So how does a man come up with and write a Hebrew of three hundred plus pages? So so and that's what I'm, I'm gonna get to shortly. Akopanim, these three reasons Rukhain um, Kanievsky writes are the reasons why he's putting out the safer. Okay. Okay, beautiful. So just before you continue, can you just summarize the three reasons? One, two, three. Okay, so the first reason to summarize the reasons over here is one reason based on the Sefer Hasidim that there's an Indian to learn Masechtus that or, or Noisim even that are not learnt. And this seems to be a theme of Rebchaim Knievsky and other sugis as well. The second thing is that mitzvahs, there's an Indian based on the Chafetz Chaim, the Chazanish, and many other Makairis, there's an Indian of mitzvahs that one cannot do today, either because the base Amigdash, such as Karbanis, or other mitzvahs that don't come by, how is one Mekayim the mitzvah? By learning them. The third is that all of Torah relates to each other, and learning Egla Rufa could help in 
Eidos, and in all other sugyas. So it's not just that Egla Rufa is just Egla Rufa. It can help Mamish and Kalatarakula, as Rukhain Kanievsky definitely demonstrates quite well in this safe. Okay, Gavaldik, beautiful. Okay, so this is this is the Hagdama of what Rukhain Kanievsky is writing, why he writes the safe. Okay, so now he takes us into, into the safer itself. We're opening the pages. Right, so so like this, uh, as I, I, I when I began the first in the first one of the series, I said like this that I, um, uh, my ha'ara is that Rechaim Kinevsky was influenced by different people, such as the Hasanish, um, his father the Stipler, the Vilna Gaon, the Mishnah Now, as I said already, he's here. He's quoting you a concept from the Chafetz Chaim, which he quotes in many of his svarim. And he mentions already in this Hagdama that he spoke a lot with his father. um, And he he says, I also spoke a lot with the Chazanish. And he brings you a lot of material from these people. But looking deeper into this, and also obviously there could be ties to the Gra also with this Yerushalmi, which eventually maybe I'll elaborate on a different time. But like this, I'm looking at the Sefer. And I see a Sefer. I start learning through the Sefer. And, And... as I said, Rufa has it barely has any has any material. So if someone says, "How do you create material?" So I I started thinking about this, and all of a sudden it hit me that as I'm learning the safer, I, I see that there are influences. I would say um, strong influences on the Chibur, the the famous yeshiva cl- classic work, not only in the yeshiva world but in the world at large, the Minchas Chinuch. Um, and so first, I would like to give some background, as I've done in the past, a little bit about the Minchas Chinuch. What was the strengths of the Minchas Chinuch? Um, it has many strengths, and obviously we cannot discuss all aspects of it today. But And that was we're the, a sort of a model. The Rechaim Knievsky used that Sefer for a model in creating this Sefer, Nachalisa. With keeping in mind his, his points in the introduction. So the Minchas Chinuch is um, born in the early 1800s, he dies in 1874, and he's a Rav in a, in a hush of a city, and from what we know about him, he doesn't re- he's not really so active as a Rav. What, what that means is we don't have too many chubas of his, he doesn't answer so many shaylas, even though it was a big city, he has a few tamidim, and he's sitting and learning Yaiman Velayla. Okay, and as I said, not so much um, in his lifetime printed of his. Uh, he's not involved with Chubas. He doesn't really get involved with controversies. And then, um, what happens? In 1869, Mamish, a few years before he dies, a work comes out called Minchatz Chinuch. And it doesn't even say his name on it, which is fascinating because it ends up being that this Sefer, which, which creates, I guess you could say, a mapecha in the yeshiva world and the world that when I mean the yeshiva world over here I'm not specifically but it also includes the litvish yeshiva world but it means the world literally everywhere it, this safer took the world whether it's Hasidim <coughs> Svaradim everyone was just blown away by this work and he, so he prints this safer. it's 1869 and he doesn't even have it doesn't even have his name on it so he's not even getting any cover for it okay um who prints it, a hush of a Talmud of his, also a great guy in a Dayan, and Rebuven Rappaport, also a fascinating person, but uh, not the time and place to talk about him. Now, why does he print the Sefer? So interestingly enough, we again, without getting into Barichus, um, uh, well, some various interesting theories, but it seems that he wasn't even so into this Hebrew himself, and it seems that his real material that he had in other Naisim um, was stolen at the time, around, and, and, he, and it says in Agdama, he he worked so it's not so this stuff also shouldn't get um 
כי ביומם האלו נגנב מאיתי קייבץ גודל חידושם על התיירה ועל השולחן ערך ועד הנה לא יוחסר אבידוסי על כן נסרצי ליתן ספר לבייס התפוס It was recommended for him to print this ספר So he goes and had prints this ספר I remember one scene, it could be it says it in, in, in somewhere in Dagdama but I remember one scene he, he looked at it as a small little contrast that he has on the ספר החינוך I think I heard once that they, um, he, he's a brother-in-law in one of his marriages with Rechaim Sanzer. And um, I think I heard a Nusach or read a Nusach somewhere at one point that they asked him um, after his stuff was stolen. And um, so they said to him, does anything left? He says, yeah, I have a small little Hebrew on the, Minchus, on the Chinuch called Minchus Chinuch. He says, print it and you don't understand what's going to happen. I said, okay. And, and, and Taka the Brach of Rechaim Sanzer, which Kiyodua was very, very Chashev in the... Um, the world at large at the time was Mekoyim and, and that the Sefer became a bestseller. But I don't know if it has anything to do with that particular thing. It, it just took off because it was, it was something beyond unique and everyone picked up on this. Um, and what we have over here is it wasn't even a famous person. No, one, he was a Rav of a city, but he didn't even, even though he was a Rav of a Chash of a city, he didn't even write his name. Okay. Um, interestingly, for example, the, the Duke Seifram, writes in his Ha'aris on Hashem Agdoilim um, um, that, he, that he was talking about the Sefer Chinuch. He says, yeah, he saw a Pesach of Chibur and Ksav Yad on the, on the Chinuch from, uh, he says it's called the Minchas Chinuch and it's from Rabbi Yosef Babad, the Av Bezim Tarnipon. So he saw it already in manuscript. I guess at that time when he saw it or knew about it, it was, um, it was, um, he knew that who the author was, but it's not clear if, if people, if everyone knew who the author was later on. Okay, now, the Aderes, the Aderes in his incredible autobiography writes, at one point, right when it came out, he got a copy of it, and later on, he he decided, at one point, he was sitting and he just had the Sefer Menachas and he wrote a lot of Chedushim on these type of Vinyarim, Bechlal, the Aderes was also into these type of things, and he wrote a sefer called Cheshbon Yishal Mitzvah, which was a manuscript for years. Baruch Hashem, in our generation, about 10 years ago or so, the sefer came out. Incredible work on the Chinuch also. But he says, interestingly enough, it's a shame I could have also written a sefer with even more Bekiyas. But, but he says, And he was not Zaycha to this. He was saying about himself, whereas Minchas Chinuch, um, where funny is the Minchas Chinuch didn't even look at the Sefer as being his main thing. Imagine what we really lost and what these stolen Tzavim or whatever the reasons behind the stolen Tzavim, um, um, whatever happened. But okay, we were, so we were Zaycha to the Minchas Chinuch. I'll call upon him. Someone describes at that time when the Sefer came to Valajan, it was a Ramesh Shmukler, um, describes how. Everyone was running to see it. Everyone was talking about it. It, it was it was a safer to see, a safer to look at. Okay. In recent years, um, one other point that the, in the yeshiva velt they like to say was it was always constantly on Reb Chaim's table, and um, Reb Chaim was into it. He quoted it. I think he quotes it even in Reb Chaim Rambam, and he cannot never quotes any achreinim. I once made a joke that I want I want to write an article about all the different svarim on Reb Chaim's table because it might have been a very big table. But that's a cynical um, comment about it, because this safer was not cynical. This safer definitely deserved to be on the table. Just to clarify, Reb Chaim, now you mean Reb Chaim Brisker? Correct, Reb Chaim Brisker. Because Reb Chaim Kanievsky's table, there's no, it would be for, uh, forever, as we'll see. Even as we'll see, we already I already mentioned a little bit, but I mean Reb Chaim Brisker, yeah, Reb Chaim Salavichik. Yes, correct. Sorry for not being clear. Anyway, so. The, the so it the Minchas Chinuch is this sefer that causes a mapecha in the world at large. Everyone's talking about it. Um, 
it's updated uh, uh, shortly afterwards with different with different ha'aras or safas. Okay. Anyway, um, so this sefer Menchas Chinuch had his one cute thing about the sefer is that it had a lot of Rasha Tevis. This Rasha Tevis made it for some people very hard to decipher the words. What are you saying? The way they say it is because they, there was a limited funding in those days. It's, it's not only this sefer, but in others, far most Rasha Tevis was to save money. Um, um, but I've heard of numerous times from different um, old-time uh, Rabbeim or, or Rabbanim from way, way back. I said a part of the Galus was not if you could understand Minchas Chinuch. That was maybe even easier. It was if you could understand the Rosh Tevis of the Minchas Chinuch. Now, comes along in our generation, Machon Yushalayim, and one of the most incredible works that they ever did, um, that they got their crazy fame from it, I would even say, is they decided to open up all the Rasha Tevis, make a beautiful edition, a completely user-friendly edition of Minchasinuch, and since then it's sold thousands and thousands of copies all over the world. When I was a Bachar, this was the um, a, a famous Bar Mitzvah present, I have no idea if people give it today even, but everyone has it, everyone learns it, and for sure by the fact that even though the Minchasinuch was printed numerous times until Mechon Yishlam came around, and we have hundreds of different Kedayim that wrote Ha'aris about and they were collected in different Svarim, and there was even whole Chibur written on Minchasinuch, but um, but the point is that Mechon Yishalayim did something incredible with what they did. I may sound ignorant with this question. Was the Mechaz Chinuch Dafka had to have been written on the Chinuch itself? Because it seems like most of it is not even Chinuch related. Oh, so that is a, it's actually not Amrat's question. It's an excellent question. I'm going to touch on it for a second in my, any minute, but but um, but it's not Amrat's question at all. Now, Reb Chaim Kanievsky even also was very into the Menchah um, There's there's a there's an edition of it that was printed with his Ha'aris. It seems he was planning on writing a whole sefer on it even, um, but it never it never happened for whatever reason. Um, Bekitzer, so there's many editions of the sefer, as I said, and ju- I I even though I would normally not do such a thing, but just this happened literally less than 24 hours ago. A, a good friend of mine um, was who's a actually a descendant of. The Minchas Chinuch, him and his father, for more than ten years, were learning the Sefer Minchas Chinuch, the Iyun, and they, they had an idea, which was up till now it was available for the people that read Hebrew well. So to bring it to the English audience, and they did a they they um, a few years ago they put out a small work on Mila. This is the Hudners. I don't I don't have copies. It's only available in America, so I can't show copies. But literally less than twenty four hours, copies arrived in America. Um, um, this is Rabbi Moshe Hubner and his father. They worked on this work, and it's in English on um, for Pesach specifically. They did some of the mitzvahs of Pesach. It's a few hundred pages from some sample pages that I've seen. It looks beautiful, and what the significance is, it's now available for English audience. They didn't just and they didn't just translate Chasuvshon. They didn't just translate them. Because it loses, it gets lost in translation. They give you the whole background, as I'm about to say. Well, and you, one will be able to understand a little bit what they're trying to do. Akopanim. The point is, the sefer is something unique. So now, now that I said it's unique, I've been giving, I'm darshing about what's unique. But what's unique about it, and what does that have to do with Rukhain Kanievsky? Correct. This is this is a very valid question. So, one last source about this, and, and is as follows: Rav Salavechik, Rav Yashurber Salavechik from Yeshiva University, in a famous um, essay slash book, eventually called Halachic Man, in Ha'ara, he he talks about various achrayim that were isik in Kachim. So he talks about the success of the halachic work, Minchas Chinuch, published in 1869 and reprinted many times. He says is, in large measure, owing to the fact that the author did not limit himself to discussing family and civil law, the Hainu Nashim and Azikim issues, but concerned himself with all the commandments of the Torah. 
On the contrary, the author only touched briefly on matters of civil law, but he discussed at length those laws that were operative only when the temple was still standing. I mean, to say what helped him in Chinuch, um, was that he wasn't only working with Nashim Nezikin. He took, he took the... Um, he wrote a chibur, which is in the gate called Tarekou. So he asked, what, it's called Minchas Chinuch. What does that have to do with anything? So the answer is that there's an earlier work, a Rishon, called the Chinuch. And the Chinuch, which deserves its own series of conversations about, but the Chinuch was an incredible work. We don't know as much as a lot of ink has been spilled to figure out who the author is. We do, there's, no, there's no agreement at the end of the day who wrote the work. But it's an incredible, incredible work. Came along the Minchas, the um, Yosef Abad, and he attaches to this Chibur his Sefer Minchas Chinuch. Now, what the Chinuch did is he, he writes the, the mitzvah, he collects the six, 613 mitzvahs, going with the Rambam, sometimes sometimes not, bringing you many different things about the mitzvah. He breaks it down into Sharashim, Tamim. Um, sometimes you can have a page about a mitzvah, sometimes you can have a few pages of the mitzvah, and a lot of times they'll throw you into Gemaris, um, and is. Sometimes they'll have a chiddush, but not as well known. Um, there's a lot of chiddushim and halacha in here. And it's an incredible, incredible work, the chinuch. And so the Minchas Chinuch, he attached to this a sefer where he had a sefer that's on the sefer, that's on the Taryag mitzvahs, and he wrote a chibur on it. Now, how much is he mefarish, and is that his concern? It seems, again, this requires a lot of iun, it seems that it's not so much dependent, and he's not calling it even, that he's writing a pirish on the chinuch, but he, he wanted to attach it to the chinuch, and it could be, there'll be a drop of explanation why it works out um, shortly. But bottom line is that he took the Sefer Chinuch, which is on the mitzvahs, and he wrote this massive work. Today in the Mechon Yerushalayim edition, because now, as I said, they opened up the Roshetavis, and they broke paragraphs, and they made it much more user-friendly than original. It's three massive volumes. They're actually working on a set that has seven, eight volumes already, or something like that, which is Ha'aris and Ha'aris of all the different raid and Ha'aris of Gedolim on the Minchasim. Now, to get to the point over here, sorry, on a tangent, on a tangent, on a tangent, what does it have to do with Rukhain Kanievsky? So the answer is like this. When you learn Egla Rufa, as I said, there's, there's virtually almost nothing. There's two blot without a Tysus. Interesting, who is one of the first people that sort of makes an ASIC from Egla Rufa? is the Minchas Chinuch. He takes this mitzvah, and he turns it, and he has 25 different issues in his Minchas Chinuch type style, as Rosal Vechik said, and he does this to many other mitzvahs, but not, not only, he doesn't limit himself just to, to, to Egla Rufa, and he has 25 beautiful pieces, relate, and, and I only know 25 because I could just easily open up my Mechon Yishlai Minchas Chinuch, and I see this, and basically he's Meirich on these prakta. Even Marshall, Rabbi Yeruchim Fischer Perlau, who's also legendary being Isaac and Mitzvahs and having Arichas Nifla on different sugyas, Egla Rufa by him is very small. So you have the, both the Minchas Chinuch, Rabbi Yeruchim Fischer Perlau also quoted a lot by Rukhain Kanievsky. And more interesting, um, these are the two, I would say, the two people that have some material on Egla Rufa besides the Achreinim, comes along Rukhain Kanievsky, and he goes and he op- literally learns everything. He tracks down everything. And he mamish, he takes every single prak of of the sugi of Egla Rufa that possibly could, and he, he breaks it down, breaks it down more and more and more. And this is something the Minchas Chinuch was the one of the first that does such a thing. I said he, he did 25 um, issues, 
So Chankinski takes that and does this into hundreds and hundreds. So the difference is Menchus Chinuch did this for all tired mitzvahs. So Chankinski only did it on one mitzvah. I, as a matter of fact, I've been trying to think of another example of someone who took such an obscure mitzvah and turned it into this. You can say there are, especially today, legendary on every topic under the sun. There's there's not one sefer. There's already whole shelves of things. But a lot of times, at least it has a sugya to start with. So here, I, I agree. Egla Rufa is a gemara. It's psukim. But still, when you tell someone you pull off a sefer on Egla Rufa, it sounds like how does one even do that? And yes, what would be one of the first addresses? You open up your Minchas Chinuch, and Minchas Chinuch has 25 pieces. So here, so Chaim Knievsky goes, Alpida, similar ideas with the, with the Minchas Chinuch, which, going back to the Chinuch, what the Chinuch always ends off is, who's in Negea? Is it, where is in Negea? He, he likes to throw in if it's a Mitzvah B'zman if it's Negea for women or not. So the Minchas Chinuch, legendary, in what makes, what, so what makes the Minchas Chinuch so unique? What, what, turned it into being this incredible safe. So again, I am not attempting to touch on this, and I'm sure so many different people have different valid points about it. Interestingly enough, recently a, a full doctorate turned into a book was written on the Menchus by a lady, a film lady in Eretz Yisrael. Very, very useful material. And and um, here, just to show a picture, sometimes people don't um, like to see a picture, how the book looks here. And this book deals with a lot of the aspects of the lambdas of the Menchus Chinuch and breaking it down. She deals with it now. She talks about with the Chinuch also. We also have to mention Rav Schlesinger's safer on the Menchus Chinuch. Correct. Rav Schlesinger, I always, I'm always upset. I wish that they could finish it. It's just one incredible incredible work on the few mitzvahs that he did. I, I still remember my great simcha when I found it in some store. I, I thought you couldn't even get it. I found it a bunch of years ago, and I always feel bad that it's not finished. But And there's so much on Menchus Hanukkah. That's not... That, 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 as I said, we could speak about it for hours, and I'm sure people um, have a lot to say about it. But one nakuda is, and this rela- is that the Menchus Hanukkah, who also, he breaks down a mitzvah and takes a sukkah, and he's he's breaking it down into so many different aspects and asking so many different questions to, to, to that sometimes questions that you might have. And he will be one of the only addresses that talk about it because he took it as a mitzvah and then to mamish like legendary in, in Lama Tess Malachas, he has a huge contrast, which is also a small little thing in his eyes. But in the yeshiva world, when you learn Lama Tess Malachas, it's the starting point of many different hakiras, different shailas, his way of breaking down these hakiras. And he wasn't, had, this is pre pre he's nothing to do with Reb Chaim. The lumdus in there, people love it. It's so enjoyable. It's written very geschmack. And he brings rias and kalachayan, he'll bring a raya from a gemara, different places. And then what's also famous and I think this, in order to illustrate a lot of times his his hakiras and his different questions, he used a whole new literature. He used Andragonus and the Chatziyah V'Chatziyah Ben Chayrin to an extreme and all these different things. And it became even famous. The, the Menchus Hanach creator, I forget which great Gadol, called it a whole new family of people that we talk about. And it wasn't because he just was trying to fill a paper. It was because the best way to illustrate alumnus is when you give nafkaminas and you show a Gemara, but then you show what will be how to illustrate a certain nafkamina, because sometimes it could be very fine, the differences, you don't understand it, so if you use um, examples, then, then it could bring out a lot of times the great machlekes that's really happening in front of your face, and you don't see it between various rishayim or, or more. So the Minchas Chinuch did this on a very large scale, comes on Ruchan Kanievsky, and, he, and he, he basically took the idea of the Minchas Chinuch for, for Taryag mitzvahs, and he said, I'm going to do it for one mitzvah, Egla Rufa. And he's, Agav, he handles with Do- dozens of pieces start with Minchas Chinuchs, and he just runs with it. 
and it, and when you start looking at it, you 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 your mind could spin. I'm just gonna give one example because I, when I looked at this, I, I first couldn't understand what was going on. I'm like, what what's happening over here? So at one point, he has a contrast, and this contrast, it's he's talking about um um if who could be an aide. Somehow it relates in the sugya of being of an aide. If an aide echa comes and says he saw the person getting killed, whatever, it's okay. So he begins. He says, "Aid echad kasher amar reisi es a hayrig uva kasher achav amar imach reisi v'loy reisi arfin." And then, and he has a few lines where he talks about various aspects of aides, which is complicated areas in in shas. And then he says like this. So he goes and he and he has the next twenty um on um, second or something like thirty pages, where he has this broken down to in eighty one scenarios of different ways of edus that could be accepted. Kasher nega kasher, kasher nega psul, kasher nega base kshirim, and he uh, when you look at this and he has for each one a pa- some is a paragraph, some is a page with the relevant sugis. You're, you're you're looking at this how he basically put in areas of edus stopping it into here, but. Thinking about it, like breaking down, like minchasilah type thing, but to an extent like no one ever imagined to be able to do. Okay, anyway, but when you go back to the, um, when you open up the shar of the sefer after the hagdama, the matechas, so he breaks it down to seventeen parts. And um, when is the dinoyig? The dinim tzachalal, aleizachalal. Who dinoyig the mihakeu? How do you measure it? Is a ear and every single one you look at the Samanim and the Teichen Yon is a very Mephoritic Teichen Yonim. You're like, Holy cow, how does someone take a topic and just break it down into more parts and more parts? It's incredible. I'm sure if it's not done yet on some Svar, maybe you know, someone's gonna go through these Svarim and just like make some kind of Mafteach like they have on Gus Moshe and like on Mishnah Bura. All the different types of subjects that are discussed in Nachalesa, and you have them talking about Eidos and you have them talking about. Rachis, like you mentioned before, right? So, 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 first of all, Chaim realized that it needs a maftech, and someone went ahead in his lifetime. And Chaim was very appreciative, and he made some type of maftech. However, I believe that, especially um, um, today, with Chaim from then until t- t- today, probably someone's going to come up and make a more fancier nachalaisan um, um, and make it more user. It needs to be even more user. It's not user friendly enough. Um, you really have to learn the the sugya. The Rashi Tevis are also issues sometimes, but but he literally, I mean, he he creates whole topics, new areas, and you see this from what I'm saying with the Hagdama. He he literally one of the makudas I brought down in Hagdama, where he literally takes kala terakula tayani makamecha rashim makamecha. He plugs it back in. He out minchas chinuchs the minchas chinuchs, so to speak. And and that to me is is what's mind boggling when you're learning it. I, I didn't I did not learn the whole sefer. I, I went through uh, various parts, and you're just looking at it and you're like, how does he get to you? It's it's unbelievable. Now, just to be messiah, a few last parts over here, as the time is, is is late. Basically, as I said, he just brings down everyone. So one person that I found interesting, and a lot of times you when you go through a sefer, you could see um, different things that people claim are not so. It's not so passionate or they're not so true. Now, his general mahalach in learning that comes out from this sefer, I hope to deal with more when I deal with the Mirz Hashem, the Chibu Derech Hamuna. So I, I'm not trying to talk about everything right now. Although Rechaim Knievsky does call Terekula into Eglarufa, I'm not trying to do call Terekula into his Nachalaisen. But literally, let's say uh, looking around at one point, so there's a Dvar of Ram that has a few Samanim on the Sugyus of Eglarufa. Chankansky brings down every single piece from it in the relevant places and he handles them. Lamashal, interestingly enough, the Aruch HaShulchan, so everyone, the, 
The Archa Shulchan is famous for writing also a work called Archa Shulchan HaAsid, which he, which he concerned himself with areas of halacha that are, that today some of it actually is relevant because Zeram, but when he was writing, Zeram wasn't so relevant, but Zeram, there's Kachim, Meshundika work of the Archa Shulchan. What about Egla Rufa? So, so I, you live and learn. In Shulchan Aruch, Egla Rufa doesn't come up because it's not really Negea, but the Archa Shulchan put into his Chaysha Mishpat Egla Rufa. Many, he has many Simonim, Mamash at the end of Chaysha Mishpat. Chaim Kenevsky talks about all the time, dozens of times, he's bringing down the Archa Shulchan, in, not in Archa Shulchan Asid, in Archa Shulchan. Now, so first of all, what, what's the Chashivas of this? I always heard that uh, that the Bnei Brak, especially because of the Chazanish, they said, that they're very mezalzal, they're very not into the Archa Shulchan. Here I see a work, literally quoting Archa Shulchan to say there. Now, Higrad also stells two Archa Shulchans in Yardea, Archa Shulchans even in Archaim, but that's beyond the point. Point is that Archa Shulchan was important enough for him, and as I said, Archa Shulchan was also one of these people, besides the Menchus Chinuch, and besides, um, let's say, the Devar Avram, or Yuchel Fisher Perla, that they wrote um, things about Egla Rufa, but when you look at the Sefer, mind-boggling. Okay. Anyway, um, I, I already mentioned it, and I even got questions about it, so his relationship with Ruven Margolis, here he quotes a Nefesh Chaya of Ruven Margolis, not such a commonly found um, thing, but I, even looking in the furious, there's millions of pictures of, of Rukhain Kansky being sent and posted in different places. You could see in, very, in some of the pictures in his library, his well-used copies of Ruven Margolis' Chiburam on the Zayar, Sefer Bayer, Mamish, you could see them clearly in these, these pictures. Anyway, point is, he takes every safer and he went through, and I'm, I have no idea how, how many svarim he opened up, but he, it's clear he opened up hundreds and hundreds of svarim, rishayinim, achreinim, tshuva svarim, and somehow he put them in the right, he, it's organized, it's in the right place, and and part of, it's not just like he collected material and wrote like an, an encyclopedia, here's this and this, he deals with everything, he processes information, he's making tons of cheshbainis. Yeah, we last time already, and the previous time, and the previous time before that, also we said that he has this incredible yada. He's using that here also somehow, and he's using, um, I said targumim and sukkim and tanach that you think have no relevance somehow. And a targum over here can come up and to be relevant. You shall me over here, or tesefta over there. Everything becomes relevant. Also, again, back to that hagdama where he says he opened up everything, whatever he was able to get access, which is very interesting. I don't know where he had access to all these svarim. I, I, I was I'm, I was always a very big fan of Pardus Yosef. Uh, unbelievable uh, Hasidic Sefer. But it's an encyclopedia, al He quotes it a bunch of times. He sat and opened up everything. And and when one um, when one sees this Sefer, you're, you're, you're exposed. And it's, uh, it's available on Hebrew books. And I feel it's very Kedai. Even if someone can't learn the Sigis of Rufa with Saita and everything, what they should do is they should even learn the small Hebrew of his Ambracha, spend a half hour, an hour, just to see. People are always like, how do you put in words or Kanknevsky? Just open up the Sefer. You open up, and I, you know, I'll make it even easier. I'll, let me tell you what page numbers. So you, so you don't, so you have less, less, one will have less of an excuse. Um, Hold on. It starts, if you open it up, on page Ayn Vav and onwards, about 20 pages, you open up the Sefer, read it, just even read a few pages, and you could start seeing how he's taking, organizing masses of amount of information and handling with them, discussing with them. This Sefer has, is packed with lambdas, packed with conversations that, as I said, with the Chazanish and the Stipler. Akopanim, here we see... Um, no, you're saying about brachas. So, right before Pesach now, we're about to embark on Yantif with so many different brachas. The Lela Seder, how many brachas they have. Right. I'm assuming I would right. take a look. I'm sure a lot of these yeah. brachas I've discussed. 
Yeah, def- no, definitely, definitely. And it, it comes up every day. Brachas is a very negative thing, but it's just interesting to see. Because I'm this, one could see, one could see it. Um, um, a lot of times, you know, you hear a husband and they say about a person, oh, he's a guy and he knows something. Okay, shkayach. Let me read something to see it. And when you see it, you're, you're understanding this is written before the computers that he had to pull off the shelf hundreds of far and processed information. It's, it's Mashunadu. And and as I said, why he chose this and what influenced him, I believe it had something to do with him. Besides all the other influences on him. Okay, that's a wrap. That's all for today. That's all for today. A wrap for today. A wrap for today. Okay, thank you very much. Although we mentioned we want to do other far and we're going to have to get back to those. Thank you very much, Rabbi Brat, and uh, we look forward to some more. So this, I think, is excellent before Pesach, like you mentioned. Um, there's so much, there's so much to take out and process, and uh, what a beautiful digression into the Mechaschinuch. So thank you very much.